Dr. Arthur Perry, he's one of the top plastic surgeons. He's got offices in Manhattan, New Jersey. You know, and he's been doing a show here on WOR for years and years and years. Very uh, popular show and a great plastic surgeon. Everybody has questions on this subject, so uh, he's the guy to ask. Dr. Arthur Perry. No, the public wants to know. The public doesn't give a damn. And I went to his office and I said, mm. I said, look at my face. And he goes, yeah, look at your face. We're going to do with your face. What can you do with his face? I go like that. I swear to God. I go, look at this. I'm getting old. I said, I want to maybe you could fix it up a little bit. Dr. Oz, are you there? I'm here, Arthur, and I want to get applaud you, having worked with you on a book and numerous other activities. You want to talk to Arthur Perry? The best in plastic surgery. Remarkable knowledge, but also your grace at delivering content, which is why it's been a blessing to have you on my show so many times. When I was a resident at the University of Chicago, we had a... That means you're smart. As a really, really gifted physician, uh, I want to pay you the, the highest tribute I can give to a surgeon, which is when people come to you, they don't come for an operation, they come for an opinion. And that's why I trust you with my uh, friends and relatives. I didn't realize we were going to get the Michael Jordan of plastic surgeon. 90210 bows to this guy. And welcome. This is Dr. Arthur Perry. This is What's Your Wrinkle right here on WOR. And I hope you're having a, a wonderful fall day. I mean, it really was beautiful out there today. I hope you were out gardening and uh, walking around and socially distancing and keeping your masks on, even if you're alone. Oh, my goodness. Noah wondered how long would it be until I mentioned the masks. Well, we're going to talk about that as well as you. We're going to talk about cosmetic surgery. We're going to talk about jowls. We're going to talk about fat on the hips. That's what I like to talk about. We're going to talk about small breasts and large noses because this is What's Your Wrinkle? This is the show about you. I'm board-certified plastic surgeon Dr. Arthur Perry, host of the show. And uh, having done this for many, many years, I uh, invite you to give me a call. 800-321-0710 is the phone number at WOR. 800-321-0710. It's a free call. Give me a call. We're going to give you a bottle of daytime. Daytime is the SPF 20. Now you say, well, it's October. Why do I need sunscreen? Well, you know, today, I'm not sure what the UV index was today. I'll be honest with you, but it probably was right around three or four or five, which means you still need a little bit of sunscreen. But beyond that, daytime contains vitamin B3 and B5, which are two substances which improve the barrier function of the skin. Very nebulous concept. Everybody says, what's a barrier of the skin? You know that the uh, the skin is a physical container of your body. It keeps the, the good stuff in, the bad stuff out. And the skin is actually a very complex organ. It's the biggest organ in the body and very complex. It makes vitamins. We know it makes vitamin uh, uh, D, right? You know, from ultraviolet light. We know that uh, things... Good things are made in the skin. The skin protects you. There's, there are cells that protect you from infection in the skin. There's all sorts of things. But the barrier is uh, the outer layer of the skin, uh, which is called the stratum corneum. That's the, uh, the word for the day, the stratum corneum. That is the strong layer of, it's actually dead cells that sit on the surface of the skin. Uh, and it waterproofs you. The stratum corneum waterproofs you. The epidermis is your waterproofing layer. And the dermis, which is the bottom layer of the skin, is your structural layer. That's what collagen, that's where collagen is. So when you hear about uh, leather, that's collagen. That's the, uh, the dermis of the animal. And uh, they tan that, and you wear it on your shoes and your jacket, and uh, PETA doesn't like that. So uh, 
What is our skin made of? Well, it's made of all sorts of cells and chemicals and ceramides and fatty acids and cholesterol and things like that. But, but when you wash your skin, when you are exposed to pollutants, when you use things like makeup remover, you really do a number on the integrity of your skin. And because of that, there are so many people that get allergies, that get atopic dermatitis, eczema, things like that. Those are due to largely, not entirely, but largely due to a breakdown in the barrier of your skin. So what do we do? We want to protect the barrier. We protect it with things like vitamins B3 and B5. That makes it stronger so that when you're exposed to that uh, the air pollution, when you walk down Fifth Avenue, uh, are there cars now? There are cars now. Uh, then your skin is more impervious to the pollutants. And, of course, the sun. The, uh, the skin responds to ultraviolet rays. The first 20 minutes or so, good for you. And after 20 minutes, you get immunosuppression and damage to your skin and wrinkles and skin cancers and things like that. So daytime is your skin protector, and we're giving bottles away. 800-321-0710 is the phone number. 800-321-0710. All right, tonight we're going to talk about some fun things. We're going to talk about liposuction, one of my favorite operations. Last week we talked a little about, bit about rhinoplasty, and I promised you I'd get to liposuction, but we never did because we had so many phone calls. So uh, what is liposuction? Well, we'll talk about that. Uh, we are going to talk about maybe the biggest bang for your buck procedure in all of cosmetic surgery. What is that procedure? Well, it's, it's not a breast augmentation. It's not liposuction. It's actually mole removal. It really is. We're going to talk about removal of moles. It's a great time to do it. It's change of seasons. You're underneath the mask now. And, uh, and we'll talk about removing those things on your skin. But since I mentioned the mask... Now, uh, I just want to express my concern with uh, all the uh, the public officials that have come down with COVID. Uh, it's a terrible thing. And uh, I know there's people on both sides of the political fence. Some people are, are saying nasty things and some people are worried. You know, this is a medical issue. And uh, as a medical issue, I've been harping since March about how masks are so incredibly important. And there hasn't been a show that I have missed the opportunity to talk about the latest studies on masks and how uh, if everybody wore a mask, the uh, epidemic would have been over in April because 80% of the population, once 80% wears masks, the virus really can't uh, propagate. So we all know what happened over the last few days, and it's a terrible thing that our president and uh, upper levels of government have been uh, infected and affected uh, by this virus. I wish them all well. I hope everybody gets better. But there really is a lesson. It really is a lesson that uh, masks are so critically important. Uh, it's hard to know whether or not this would have happened if ha if they had all worn their masks. You know, it's, it's hard to know. You know, you can't second guess. I don't know the exact exposure. Uh, but certainly we all know in medicine that the single most important way to prevent the transmission of this virus is to wear a good quality mask. Not one that doesn't cover your nose. Not one of those pieces of cloth. Those What do they call them? Gators or something like that. You know, it's it's ridiculous. You see these people... Uh, those things actually increase the uh, the propagation of virus because they break up the uh, the uh, particles into more infectious particles, ones that can uh, transmit through the air better. 
Uh, so when I see those people walking in the hallways of uh, the supermarket, uh, I go to the next aisle. And you should, too, because those are not effective masks. You should wear an N95 if you can get your hands on one. They're getting a little easier to get. Uh, we are actually giving them away this coming week with all orders, N95 masks, another reason to buy my products. You get your N95 mask. Uh, but also a good quality surgical mask, the blue ones. You know, it's hard to tell now because uh, all the stores are selling these masks, and they're even saying they're not medical masks, so you don't know exactly what you're getting. But if you can get a mask that says Level 3 Surgical Mask, that's just about as good as an N95 mask. If you can't get your hands on that, even if you get a procedure mask and wear it nice and tight so it doesn't gape, no gaps your, uh, your mask should move when you breathe, then you're pretty well protected. All right, enough of the masks. Let's talk about cosmetic surgery. So what about liposuction? It is perennially, since 1985, the most common procedure in all of cosmetic surgery, or you know, some, some years it's breast augmentation. Last year it was breast augmentation. Uh, so it kind of goes back and forth. Liposuction or breast augmentation is the most common procedures in cosmetic surgery. Now, now liposuction, basically, it's, it's kind of a simple procedure. Uh, we make little incisions in hidden areas and break up fat. We break it up and suction it out. Usually, we'll, we'll inject something like epinephrine, which is adrenaline, which cuts way down on bleeding. We'll inject that into the area before we suction. I've been a proponent of not using lidocaine, that's an anesthetic, uh, for this procedure, unless you're having maybe your neck suctioned or maybe your knees. But if you're having larger areas than that, it really should be done under general anesthesia because while technically we can use lidocaine and numb up areas and do the operation, uh, lidocaine in large amounts is very toxic. And way back in the uh, late 90s and early 2000s, there were hundreds and hundreds of deaths that's right, deaths from lidocaine toxicity. People were doing liposuction. They were suctioning many pounds of fat, and almost like a contest. How many pounds uh, could this plastic surgery remove? How much, uh, you know, first it was four pounds, and it was eight pounds, and then 10 pounds, and some people were suctioning 20 pounds. If you need 20 pounds of fat suctioned, you really need to be on a diet. You should not be having liposuction because rule number one of liposuction and I call it liposuction, by the way. Everybody else in the world now causes it, calls it liposuction, which is a, sort of the Texas way of pronouncing it. But way back in 1983, when it was introduced in the United States, everybody called it liposuction because the word is lipids. You don't say lipids, right? Those of you who are uh, biochemists, that's lipids. And the word is liposuction. But, you know, some plastic surgeons in Texas, you know, they, they wear these uh, cowboy hats and say things like liposuction. And <laughs> so that's how uh, the word sort of changed over the years. But I like to call it what it really is. So it's liposuction. Now, we, uh, we suction fat for the purpose of contouring the body, not for the purpose of weight loss. And that is the most important rule and keeping liposuction safe. It's not a method of weight loss. If you need 20 pounds suctioned, you don't need liposuction. You need to go on a diet. You need to uh, read the book, You on a Diet, by my good friends, uh, Mike Roizen and Mehmet Oz. I wrote the plastic surgery chapter in that book. And uh, and uh, either that or, uh, you know, if you really have a lot of fat, you go to my good friend George Fielding over at NYU, and he'll do a lap band or something like that. 
Now, that's what you need, but not liposuction. So when we come back from our break, we are going to talk all about liposuction, what areas are the most popular, how I do it, and when you'll be back to work after liposuction. I'm Dr. Arthur Perry. This is What's Your Wrinkle right here on WOR. 800-321-0710 is the phone number. 800-321-0710. We'll be back after these words. Did you know that most skincare is useless, even fraudulent, and often toxic? I'm plastic surgeon Dr. Arthur Perry. I needed great skincare for my patients, but really could not find products that dramatically improve skin health. So I went to the books and I created a line of skincare that reduces the appearance of wrinkles and truly rejuvenates skin. I want everyone to try my products, and so for a limited time, I'm offering my complete skincare regimen at half price. Normally, this is $150, but for WOR listeners, it's $75 plus shipping. One product in the morning and one in the evening, moisturize and clean. That's all you need for beautiful skin. It's so simple that soon your friends and relatives will be asking, what are you doing to look so good? Go to drperrys.com, that's D-R-P-E-R-R-Y-S.com, or give us a call at 844-DR-PERRY. Use the WOR20 code for the discount. To learn more, listen every Saturday evening, 6 p.m., right here on WOR. Ladies, are you looking older than you feel? I'm board-certified plastic surgeon Dr. Arthur Perry. Aging is inevitable, but I can help you age gracefully. I start with Juvederm and fill wrinkles, and I restore lips to what they used to look like. No duck lips here. And I creatively smooth the jawline and plump marionette lines. You might benefit from chemical peels or lasers to reduce splotchiness and rejuvenate your skin, or Althera to thicken your crepey skin. And for the most dramatic rejuvenation, I perform short scar face and neck lifts. Let's sit down for an hour consultation and come up with a plan to help you look better. My offices are in Somerset, New Jersey, and on Fifth Avenue in Manhattan. Give me a call at 732-422-9600. That's 732-422-9600. Check me out on the web at periplasticsurgery.com. And don't forget to listen to me, Dr. Arthur Perry, every Saturday evening at 6 p.m. right here on WOR. You're listening to What's Your Wrinkle with Dr. Arthur Perry. What's your wrinkle? And we're back. This is Dr. Arthur Perry. This is What's Your Wrinkle right here on WOR, the phone number 800-321-0710, 800-321-0710. Give me a call. We'll send you a bottle of daytime. Ask me a good question. It can't be just, hey, Dr. Perry, send me a bottle of daytime. doesn't work that way. You have to have a question. Feel free to try and stump me. It's okay. Uh, you know, I mean, every now and then I get stumped, but I try and read the literature and I read a lot of it, so uh, I'm up on it, and I do this every single day of the week. I'm Dr. Arthur Perry, board-certified plastic surgeon. Uh, so uh, during the break, uh, Noah was asking me a bunch of uh, different questions, but that we're going we're gonna to stay on the topic of liposuction for now. And I was mentioning, uh, you know, what is the, the most common area that gets suctioned? Well, in a woman... In a woman, it's the thighs, the outer thighs, absolutely, and the inner thighs secondarily, and then the knees. Those are the three areas. In a man, it's the belly. Men want their, uh, their abdomens suctioned. And in both men and women, probably the most gratifying of all the procedures is suctioning of the neck, the neck and jowl. So last week, I suctioned in a woman uh, the outer thighs, the inner thighs, the hips, and the neck in uh, in one 
procedure, and I suctioned from the uh, from the inner outer thighs and hips. Uh, I believe we were at about four and a half pounds of fat, and then I removed about five or six ounces of fat uh, from the the neck and jowls. And you know what? It really looks the most dramatic in the neck and jowls. In fact, if you have suctioning of your neck, you know you know what I'm talking about, the little turkey gobbler area. Now, I'm not talking about the bands of the neck. I'm not talking about hanging skin. I'm talking about fat that weighs down the neck, and that could be in someone as young as 18 years old. It could be in someone as old as 70-something. You know, after that, though liposuction gets a little dicey because the skin may not retract afterwards. With liposuction, we remove the fat and then we rely on the ability of the skin to shrink afterwards. So you know that it shrinks after pregnancy. You have all this extra skin, deliver the baby, and you say, I'll, I'll never get rid of all this skin. And then a few months later, you look at your belly and it's, it's gone. It's gone, except for those of you who need tummy tucks. But even with a, a tummy tuck, for the most part, 80, 90% of that skin does retract. And, you know, sometimes it hangs and sometimes there are stretch marks. But that's a, a topic for tummy tuck day. This is liposuction day. So, so uh, with liposuction, our skin does retract. The skin has the ability to grow and it has the ability to shrink. And uh, the plastic surgeon in your consultation will make an assessment beforehand whether or not he or she thinks that your skin will retract adequately. Now, there are different areas of the body that are better at shrinking. Let's put it that way. So uh, they're considered good areas to suction or bad areas. So, for instance, your outer thighs. Almost at any age, we can suction the outer thighs. You know what I'm talking about. You know, when you wear your jeans and that bulge on the outer thighs is visible, so you don't wear the jeans and you don't wear the yoga pants, you wear these uh, things that hide the uh, the thighs. Well, if you had liposuction, you would not have to do that. So that's a, a very tolerant area to liposuction. Often, most often, the skin will shrink down. And a lot of people uh, store quite a bit of fat in the outer thighs. When I'm suctioning the fat in the operating room, I, I tell the nurses, uh, this is where pizza is stored, actually. Pizza is not stored there. We all know pizza is stored in the abdomen. Now, really, your body doesn't store food. Everybody talks about the beer belly or something. No, no, no. Your body doesn't know what food you're eating and uh, and where it's going. Fat is fat, and you put it in the genetically predisposed first areas, and you know which area that is. So, if you're, let's say, you're uh, 125 pounds and five foot three, and then you gain 20 pounds over the course of a few years. And you look at your body and you know that the fat has gone to your hips or it's gone to your thighs. Uh, and it may not have gone to your neck. And certainly it hasn't gone to your breasts because uh, you know, if you might want it to go there, but it never goes where you want it. It only goes where you don't want it, right? So the area that puts on fat first also uh, will do that each time. So if you lose the weight and gain it back, you're going to gain it in that spot first. So these are uh, there's a genetic reason for that. These are storage areas. You know, fat in the old days was a good thing. It's a good thing uh, when we only had a life expectancy of 20 or 30 years uh, old. We died then. Afterwards, that's why uh, you can have children when you're 12 or 13 because you were expected to die by the time you're 30. You either got eaten by the 
tigers or some infection got you. You didn't live old enough to get diabetes or heart disease or, or usually even cancer because those are diseases of older people. Uh, but what you wanted to do, your body wanted to do, was put fat on as quickly as possible, which is why fat tastes so good. Uh, you know, who doesn't like bacon? I don't like bacon because I have a pig who's in my backyard, a real pig. Uh, but regardless, uh, so we don't we don't want to eat those animals that are our pets. It's just like you don't eat your dog. But uh, but certainly, fat tastes good no matter what we eat pizza. And uh, if you look at an animal eating on the side of a road, a nice uh, nice visual, isn't it? You know, you see the animal. They'll rip open the belly first and go for the omentum, which is a fat-containing organ. That's because fat is the most calorically dense area of the body. And your body, for survival, wants to get as many calories as possible because back in the old days, food was scarce. We couldn't, we couldn't go to a restaurant or, uh, or eat whatever we wanted when we want. This is the era now, at least in the United States, of plentiful food, not all over the world, however. So, uh, so fat has a reason for uh, tasting good. Fat has a reason for being stored in our body. And the healthiest people, look at the uh, Renaissance paintings, the healthiest people, the prettiest people were Rubenesque, right? They were overweight. Uh, if you were thin, you had no money in those days. So, uh, so certainly uh, fat is a good thing to a certain extent. And in fact, there's literature that says if you have a few extra pounds and wind up in the intensive care unit, you'll actually do better than if you're rail thin because uh, if you're going 10 or 20 days without getting calories, uh, you can be malnourished and do very poorly in an intensive care unit situation. So here we are, the year 2020. We want to look as good as possible. And so liposuction is such a great way to selectively remove fat deposits, selectively. So that means we want to suction through small incisions directed areas like the outer thighs, the inner thighs, which are not as tolerant to liposuction, by the way. So we really have to make a decision uh, how much fat to remove from your inner thighs. And sometimes we won't remove any at all if you're already getting hanging skin. And uh, so the last thing I want to do is remove fat and give you a contour irregularity. That means your skin might uh, have a dimple or waviness or even sagging because that's not a good thing. And that then might require a thigh lift, which is not a fun procedure. It's not a popular procedure. It's not popular because it requires large incisions and it's a high risk procedure. Liposuction has small incisions and is a low-risk procedure as long as your plastic surgeon knows what he or she is doing. And what does that mean? It means taking enough fat but not too much, knowing when to stop, and how to do this, how to contour fat, because this is sculpting of the fat. It's very easy to take too much fat. It really is. Uh, you know, we could just keep on suctioning away and then the fat's gone. But that's not what this is all about. Liposuction is a sculpting of the fat. So when I do it, uh, I, uh, I've been doing liposuction, my goodness, since 1985. Isn't that something? 35 years of liposuction. I started doing it two years after it was introduced into the United States. It was introduced in 1983. And I started my residency in 1985. And by that year, it was already the most popular procedure in cosmetic surgery. 
By the way, the phone number here at WOR is 800-321-0710. Give me a call and ask me some questions. 800-321-0710. So when we're doing liposuction, I prefer to do it under general anesthesia unless we're doing the neck and jowls. And that I do prefer under sedation. And I've done plenty of those under straight local anesthesia. I have to know you as a patient before I do that under a straight local anesthesia. That means I have to know you, have done procedures on you, and know that you're going to be okay. Because some people say, oh, I'd, I'd like to have it on, under straight local anesthesia, thinking that it's like having a tooth filled. Um, then they uh, kind of freak out to use the vernacular that uh, my kid would use. So uh, we do not want to do that under local anesthesia unless I know you personally or professionally. And most of the time, we'll do it under sedation anesthesia. That means there's a board-certified anesthesiologist there that'll give you something like propofol, which is that great colonoscopy drug, or Versed, or something like that. Relax you, and when I do liposuction of the neck and jowls, it's less than an hour procedure through little tiny incisions. Now, the uh, we have to examine you very carefully because not all fat is right underneath the skin. And if you're looking at your neck, hopefully not while you're driving, if you're looking at your neck, it's very difficult for you to know, is the fat right under the skin or is it underneath the muscle? And one of the mistakes that amateurs, and there are a lot of them out there, unfortunately, make is to suction under the skin when the fat is really under the muscle. So I can examine you and give you an idea whether or not it's under the muscle. And if it is, it's not just liposuction. It's uh, I have to make a, a larger incision. I have to lift the muscle and not suction the fat underneath the muscle. That muscle, by the way, is called the platysma muscle, platysma. We love these fancy names in plastic surgery and in anatomy. We do it to confuse you. But the platysma muscle, that's the muscle that gives you the bands of the neck. And if we, uh, there's a little membrane between the two bands, and there's often half an ounce or maybe even an ounce of fat there. And if I don't know that and I suction the fat underneath the skin, and leave that fat, then you will be unhappy with the procedure because you won't get the result that you want. You won't have the contour of the neck that you want. So in that situation, I need to make a little bigger incision and open that little membrane, remove under direct vision the fat. We don't suction underneath the muscle because if we get bleeding there, that's not a good thing. And so then we'll uh, take some fat out, and I'll do what's called a platysmoplasty or a band lift, I like to call it. I sew those bands together, and then we'll suction the fat in the neck. And that's how it's done the right way, and that way you won't have fat residual after you've had the procedure. And you look at me six months later and say, wait a minute, did I grow the fat back? No, no, it just wasn't taken. So liposuction of the neck and jowls, very common procedure and a very good procedure. When we come back from our break, we're going to talk about liposuction of the rest of the body and how I do it and when it gets risky and who's a good candidate. I'm Dr. Arthur Perry, board-certified plastic surgeon. 800-321-0710 is the phone number at WOR. Give me a call. 800-321-0710. We'll be back after these words. that most skincare is useless, even fraudulent, and often toxic? I'm plastic surgeon Dr. Arthur Perry. I needed great skincare for my patients, but really could not find products that dramatically improve skin health. So I went to the books, and I created a line of skincare that reduces the appearance of wrinkles and truly rejuvenates skin. 
I want everyone to try my products, and so for a limited time, I'm offering my complete skincare regimen at half price. Normally, this is $150, but for WOR listeners, it's $75 plus shipping. One product in the morning and one in the evening. Moisturize and clean. That's all you need for beautiful skin. It's so simple that soon your friends and relatives will be asking, what are you doing to look so good? Go to drperrys.com, that's D-R-P-E-R-R-Y-S.com, or give us a call at 844-DR-PERRY. Use the WOR20 code for the discount. To learn more, listen every Saturday evening, 6 p.m., right here on WOR. Ladies, are you looking older than you feel? I'm board-certified plastic surgeon Dr. Arthur Perry. Aging is inevitable, but I can help you age gracefully. I start with Juvederm and fill wrinkles, and I restore lips to what they used to look like. No duck lips here. And I creatively smooth the jawline and plump marionette lines. You might benefit from chemical peels or lasers to reduce splotchiness and rejuvenate your skin, or Althera to thicken your crepey skin. And for the most dramatic rejuvenation, I perform short scar face and neck lifts. Let's sit down for an hour consultation and come up with a plan to help you look better. My offices are in Somerset, New Jersey, and on Fifth Avenue in Manhattan. Give me a call at 732-422-9600. That's 732-422-9600. Check me out on the web at periplasticsurgery.com. And don't forget to listen to me, Dr. Arthur Perry, every Saturday evening at 6 p.m. right here on WOR. You're listening to What's Your Wrinkle with Dr. Arthur Perry. What's your wrinkle? And we're back. This is Dr. Arthur Perry. This is What's Your Wrinkle right here on WOR. And, uh, you know, once again, uh, we're in the midst of the coronavirus, the COVID world epidemic. And boy, I'll tell you, I cannot wait for the vaccine. And a lot of people uh, ask me, they say, you're not really going to take that, are you? I would take it in a second. I absolutely would. And I encourage you and my patients also uh, the vaccines are out of phase one and two. They're in phase three, and that means uh, they're considered safe, and they're just looking for effectiveness at this point. And as far as I'm concerned, when uh, you know someone over 60 has a 3 or 4% chance of dying from the infection, and uh, if you take a vaccine that's relatively new and relatively untested, yeah, I suppose there's a chance of a reaction and even a death. Uh, at the rate of maybe one in half a million or one in a million, I'll take those odds and I'll take the vaccine in a second sight unseen. And uh, that's what I advise my patients also. So when it comes, you know, I just uh, wish it doesn't get politicized. I hope it just is treated as the medical issue that it is. And I hope you, my listeners, take it as quickly as you can. You know, we were talking, uh, Noah and I, in the break. Uh, I am on the teaching faculty of Columbia. Uh, it is a joint plastic surgery program, Columbia and Cornell, and I give lectures uh, to the residents. So in, in two weeks, uh, I'm giving a lecture on on Botox and filler and things of that nature. And uh, it's 8 in the morning, and now we're doing virtual, uh, virtual lectures at Columbia because uh, – they're not quite ready to open up, and uh, we want to minimize the exposure of everybody to everybody, except I'll be in Los Angeles that week where it's 5 in the morning, but I'll do it. Okay. <laughs> we were talking about liposuction. Liposuction, we talked about liposuction of the neck and jowls, one of the great procedures in cosmetic surgery. Now, what about liposuction of the thighs? The thighs, the inner thighs, outer thighs, and knees, very common in women. 
not as common in men. Uh, you know, there's a distinction between the hips and the thighs in most people. And you say, what is he talking about? Well, if you look at your body, stand in front of the mirror naked this evening. Don't do it right now. People can look in your window. Don't do that. So, uh, or all right, close the curtains there. And now you can look at yourself, and uh, you'll see that your hips are higher, and then your thighs are lower, right? And then there's also the flank. So there can be three different little bumps on your outer, uh, your outer torso. And the plastic surgeon needs to examine all of those. And we made little tiny incisions, maybe three millimeters, maybe four millimeters. They're really small. And through those incisions, I break up and suction out the fat. Uh, by the way, liposuction should not hurt. And I hear all the time people tell me, oh, my goodness, I went to the doctor and it hurt so much. I actually did a study, and I published it in the journal Plastic and Reconstructive Surgery. And I numbed up one side of the body, and the other side... I did not numb up, but we did the surgery under general anesthesia, so it really didn't matter. And then I did a pain scale afterwards. I asked people one minute, five minutes, 10, 30 minutes, two hours, and the next day after surgery, how much it hurts and is there a difference between the sides. And the bottom line is uh, there wasn't a difference uh, between the sides, so that's why I do not administer lidocaine, which can only be toxic if you're doing it under general anesthesia. Uh, there, and the pain of liposuction was on average a, about a half on a scale of 0 to 10. So the reason it should not hurt you, in my experience, is that I do not hit the muscle or the bone underneath. Now, if someone is, uh, maybe took one of those two-hour courses or isn't a board-certified plastic surgeon and they bang into the muscle, and I mean, there are all sorts of things. There are reports in the literature of penetrating into the abdomen and piercing virtually every organ. Boy, I'll tell you, it sounds terrible, right? Uh, that really should not happen if your surgeon is trained properly, if uh, your surgeon did a real residency in plastic surgery and is certified by the American Board of Plastic Surgery. The chance of that happening is remote, remote, because we're trained not to do those things. Um, you know, if you are self-learning, uh, unfortunately, it's one of the, the uh, mistakes, I think, of health law that any doctor, anyone with an MD, can do any procedure legally. I could even call myself a neurosurgeon and do brain surgery if I wanted to, if I could uh, find a hospital willing to let me do it there. Uh, that doesn't mean it's right, but it happens in plastic surgery all the time. People call themselves cosmetic surgeons. They call themselves I don't know what, and, uh, and they do these procedures, and uh, that's why there can be all sorts of issues. So you want to find yourself you know, someone certified by the American Board of Plastic Surgery. And uh, things like what I just described should be, uh, I mean, can it happen to anybody? Of course, things can happen. Uh, but the chance of something like that happening becomes extremely unlikely if you choose your surgeon wisely. So when I uh, perform liposuction, my average patient does not require pain medicine other than Tylenol afterwards, and that's really how it should be. I think if you require Percocet, something is uh, a little wrong, uh, and uh, it's been a long, long time since I think I've prescribed Percocet. It used to be a routine thing amongst myself and plastic surgeons in general, but as we've all become uh, more concerned with uh, the addiction potential of these drugs, uh, we move towards drugs like Tylenol and Aleve, which are perfectly fine in almost all cosmetic surgery. The only procedures I, uh, I give narcotics now are tummy tucks, which are uncomfortable. 
I hate to use the word painful. It scares people away. But they're uncomfortable. And breast augmentations, when the implants are placed under the muscle, over the muscle, it's Tylenol. Under the muscle, you need some Percocet. All right, I'm board-certified plastic surgeon, Dr. Arthur Perry. This is What's Your Wrinkle right here on WOR. 800-321-0710 is the phone number. 800-321-0710 is the phone number. And by the way, I, uh, I mentioned the daytime. That's what we're giving away uh, to callers this evening. Daytime is an SPF 20 sunscreen. Uh, it's kind of the end of the life almost for this batch of daytime. You know, we've got about a month and a half left, and then there will be new stuff. New stuff. How's that for technical terms? New terminology there. Uh, so this daytime expires November 15th, something like that. And so we are, and we've got a lot left in the warehouse, so we're, what we call overstocked. So we're giving it away at $10 a bottle instead of its normal 45. What a what a bonus. I mean, you save so much money. It's perfectly good. It can be sold just that by uh, the expiration date, I can't sell it. Can you use it? Uh, of course. Of course you can because uh, uh, just like milk that can be sold up to tomorrow, let's say the date is, does that mean you can't drink it the next day? Of course you can. There's a, there's a lot of leeway in that. And in particular, uh, with sunscreen that contains zinc oxide, zinc oxide is a rock. Literally, it's a rock. That's what zinc oxide is. They mine it. Unlike the organic chemicals that are used in uh, in chemical sunscreens, zinc oxide is a rock just like titanium dioxide is. Uh, and as rocks, as minerals, they're unchanged on your skin and in the, uh, in the um, skin cream. And so if I measure the SPF, this, that's the, uh, the sunblock potential of the sunscreen, uh, at zero or three years, which is what we had to do to get three-year expiration date, it doesn't decrease at all. So that's a good thing. Will it start decreasing over time? Well, I can't tell you because we, uh, we haven't measured mine over five years or six years. Uh, but I can tell you that the studies have shown on zinc oxide in general is that it's a rock and rocks aren't going to degrade. All right, so that's why we're giving uh, the bottles away at $10. And then uh, somewhere around January or so, we'll have our brand-new batch. It's going to be a little delayed because everything uh, I've learned, uh, the lead time when you order new products during the COVID era, well, uh, it's a lot longer than it normally takes. So normally when I order a, a batch of, uh, of daytime, for instance, uh, for my skincare company, you know, we get uh, anywhere five to uh, 15,000 bottles at a time. Uh, you know, there's usually six to eight weeks lead time, they call it. But now, as I have learned, it's more like 12 to 15 weeks. So there will be a time period where we won't have that. And uh, what are you going to do? That's that's the way it goes. All right. I'm Dr. Arthur Perry. This is What's Your Wrinkle right here on WOR. 800-321-0710 is the phone number. 800-321-0710. And by the way, have you tried my soft time? Not to sound like a commercial, but Soft Time is a moisturizer. It's sort of a commercial. It's not really. But Soft Time is the moisturizer. It turns out it's very fortuitous. It's really good for those of you who are wearing your mask all the time, which I hope all of you are. All of you, you're wearing your masks. And if you put moisturizer on your face, like my Soft Time, it helps with that chafing that a lot of people are getting. If you're not used to wearing a mask, 
and you're wearing a tight mask, particularly those uh, that aren't smooth, there are some rough ones out there, it can actually do a number on your skin. So use my soft time moisturizer, put a nice layer on your skin, rub it in, and then put your mask on, and you'll find that it's a lot more tolerable, a lot more. Yeah, it's funny, I was working in the office yesterday, and long after everyone left, I found myself in the office alone, still with my mask on about two hours after everyone left. Left, and, and I thought to myself, you know, people complain about wearing their masks, and here I am alone in the office, and I'm still wearing it because uh, I've worn it for so many years, you know, 40 years in medicine, and uh, I don't even know I have it on anymore. All right, I'm Dr. Arthur Perry, board-certified plastic surgeon, host of this show for a, uh, a long time now. So things that grow on your face, what is that? What are we talking about? You, you know what I'm talking about. If you're over 35, you're over 35 and you look at your face, you're going to find something. You're going to find maybe a mole. You're going to find a brown splotch. You're going to find maybe a seborrheic keratosis, an actinic keratosis. You might even find a skin cancer. You might find a senile angioma. Oh, boy, that sounds terrible, right? Can you imagine you know, getting older and someone saying, yes, you've got senile angiomas all over your face? Well, those are just those little cherry red spots. And that sounds a lot better than the senile angioma. It sounds terrible, right? So I see people all the time. They come in for something on their face, maybe their eyelid skin. And, and I look at them. And they've got moles all over their face. And I wonder, you know, to me, it might be very subtle that their extra eyelid skin uh, is detracting from their appearance. But it may be very obvious that that quarter-inch wide mole right in the middle of their cheek is absolutely the focus of attention. It's really amazing to me that, that people kind of just don't think about their moles. And, and I think it's a, a psychological thing because if you have a mole from age 12... And, you know, in those days, you know, if you're 60 years old, you know, your parents would not have brought you into the dermatologist or plastic surgeon to get the mole removed unless it looked dangerous. But if it's just a regular mole, you're going to go through life with that mole and you don't think about it every day. And in fact, when you look at yourself like your chicken pox scars, you don't even see it. You just don't see it like your teeth for the most part, unless there's a change. It's just you. And so you don't really notice it. But when someone new sees you for the very first time, that's what they focus on, the mole right in the middle of your, your cheek or on your lip or, or multiple moles. So you know, I always say the, one of the biggest bang for your buck procedures in all of cosmetic surgery, we talked about cosmetic procedures like liposuction of the neck and jowls. Really, it's the mole removal. It really is. And it's such a simple thing to do, and it can have such a big impact on your appearance. So if you look at your face, you know, everybody has 20 or 30 moles on their body, and you don't just remove all the moles. There's no real reason to do that. You remove moles that change. You remove moles that are larger than 6 millimeters in diameter. And what is that? That's the diameter of a pencil eraser. So when we come back from our break, we're going to talk about when we remove moles, how we remove moles, and what's a mole and what might be a little bit dangerous. So I'm Dr. Arthur Perry. This is WOR's What's Your Wrinkle program. 800-321-0710 is the phone number. We'll be back after these words.
you know that most skincare is useless, even fraudulent, and often toxic? I'm plastic surgeon Dr. Arthur Perry. I needed great skincare for my patients, but really could not find products that dramatically improve skin health. So I went to the books and I created a line of skincare that reduces the appearance of wrinkles and truly rejuvenates skin. I want everyone to try my products, and so for a limited time, I'm offering my complete skincare regimen at half price. Normally, this is $150, but for WOR listeners, it's $75 plus shipping. One product in the morning and one in the evening, moisturize and clean. That's all you need for beautiful skin. It's so simple that soon your friends and relatives will be asking, what are you doing to look so good? Go to drperrys.com, that's D-R-P-E-R-R-Y-S.com, or give us a call at 844-DR-PERRY. Use the WOR20 code for the discount. To learn more, listen every Saturday evening, 6 p.m., right here on WOR. Ladies, are you looking older than you feel? I'm board-certified plastic surgeon Dr. Arthur Perry. Aging is inevitable, but I can help you age gracefully. I start with Juvederm and fill wrinkles, and I restore lips to what they used to look like. No duck lips here. And I creatively smooth the jawline and plump marionette lines. You might benefit from chemical peels or lasers to reduce splotchiness and rejuvenate your skin, or Althera to thicken your crepey skin. And for the most dramatic rejuvenation, I perform short scar face and neck lifts. Let's sit down for an hour consultation and come up with a plan to help you look better. My offices are in Somerset, New Jersey, and on Fifth Avenue in Manhattan. Give me a call at 732-422-9600. That's 732-422-9600. Check me out on the web at periplasticsurgery.com. And don't forget to listen to me, Dr. Arthur Perry, every Saturday evening at 6 p.m. right here on WOR. You're listening to What's Your Wrinkle with Dr. Arthur Perry. What's your wrinkle? And we're back. This is Dr. Arthur Perry. This is What's Your Wrinkle right here on WOR. 800-321-0710 is the phone number. And we were starting to talk about things that grow on the face. And uh, what a topic it is, right? You know, we have a regular zoo, a, a zoo that can grow on our face. No, we, we don't have rhinoceroses and giraffes and things like that. But we have all sorts of things. And, you know, there's about half a dozen pretty common things that grow on the face. And then there's... Uh, Dozens and dozens and dozens, enough to fill dermatology textbooks, of rarer things that grow on the face. So you know uh, the things that are common because they're, they're common. And when you're a kid, how's that for a profound statement? You know what's common because they're common. So uh, when you're a kid, you've, you've got freckles, right? You know, most people have freckles, and then they kind of coalesce, and they kind of go away when you're older. Uh, and then they reemerge. They reemerge, but they're no longer freckles. They're age spots, and so many people get them. You just have to look at your friends, look under their makeup. People put progressively thicker and thicker amounts of makeup, and you put foundation, you put all sorts of stuff, and then you buy Dermablend to really cover these things. Uh, it gets uh, to be a, a nuisance, right? But in just a short session, I can remove those things. So if they're age spots... You know, if they're just splotchy pigmentation on the skin, there's a couple different ways to do it. Well, you could use my nighttime, you know, nighttime. I used to do those uh, commercials, you know. Uh, I got in some trouble for uh, doing the commercial. We did one that said, I canceled my appointment to the plastic surgeon uh, for a uh, uh, appeal because my, it was in the days of night skin, was uh, 
so effective. Well, that's actually true. I had several patients actually cancel their peels when I was doing the night skin. Nighttime is the new uh, product now, and it's a pretty effective pigment reducer. Uh, you know, but the truth is it takes six months and it's not entirely effective. It's not, it's going to even out your skin tone somewhat, but if you've got a lot of spotchy pigmentation, uh, then we're talking about peels or we're talking about lasers. So we do TCA peels. We can also do glycolic acid peels, but they're less effective. I do glycolic acid peels for those age spots on people who have darker pigmentation in their skin who cannot have the TCA peels because they're a little dangerous in darker pigmented people, and glycolic peels are not. And I also do glycolic peels on people who, usually television-type people, who can't take any time off. So they come in, they have their peel, they go on the, on the uh, air the next day. Uh, those are the glycolic peels. And it takes six consecutive glycolic peels spaced about three or four weeks apart to get anywhere, to get real reduction in the, uh, in the skin uh, pigmentation so that we get an even skin tone. But most people don't want that. They want more rapid results. So they'll do something like a TCA peel, trichloroacetic acid. It's a peel that I do in the office, and I do all these peels myself. I know a lot of people delegate to nurses and PAs and, and things like that. It's not my practice, and it never has been. I take every stitch out myself. I'm, I'm old-fashioned. I want to do it uh, for you. I want to do it for quality control. I do all the peels, all the fillers, all the Botox myself. I actually enjoy doing these things, and my patients enjoy listening to me. I do my private radio show for my patients. To ring. I always tell them that's the uh, the worst part of uh, the procedures, having to listen to me babble for the, uh, the half hour or hour for these procedures. But I do these TCA peels, and they're uncomfortable, but not terrible. Uh, they take about a half an hour to do the whole face, and afterwards you hide for about five or six days, and your skin then peels. And almost comically, those brown spots they come off with the uh, the skin. Like that sunburn, remember when you get that first sunburn of the year, you go to the beach in uh, early June and you're uh, as pale as you've been. Uh, you get that sunburn because you were out in the sun and then after five or six days, it peels and off come your freckles. And uh, the same thing happens to your face with the TCA peel. But if you really have wrinkles in addition to the splotchy pigmentation, well, then we'll do a CO2 laser. And the lasers I'm doing right now are called fractional lasers or fractionated lasers. There's a brand name called Fraxel, uh, and I have one of those lasers. And it's a very nice way uh, to to reduce pigment. It's a nice way to reduce wrinkles, but it does require more than one procedure. It's two or even three of these lasers spaced about a month or so apart. So that's for splotchy pigmentation. But if it's raised, if you can feel this thing on your skin, if you take your fingernail and you can feel it, and maybe it looks like, well, it's just sort of dirt. You can almost scrape it off. Those are usually seborrheic keratoses, seborrheic keratoses. There's no, uh, there's no easy name for that one. They're completely benign, but you need to have your uh, dermatologist or plastic surgeon make the proper diagnosis because you might think they're benign and maybe they're not benign. They're easy for me to diagnose. Although there was a study, I like to quote this study about 12 or so years ago done at the Brigham and Women's Hospital in Boston and they took uh, something like 18,000 specimens labeled from the dermatologist and plastic surgeon, labeled as seborrheic keratoses and they looked at them under the microscope and lo and behold there were uh, you know 60 or 70 basal cell carcinomas and even a few melanomas in the bunch. 
Uh, so what you think is a seborrheic keratosis might not necessarily be one. But there's lots of different ways to get rid of these things. I like to shave them off. So I numb them up. I shave them off. Some, some people freeze them off. Some people laser them off. The reason I like to shave them off is because then I get a specimen to send to the pathologist. And if they're little tiny things and the, the pathologist won't be able to do anything with it, you know, they, they tell me, what is this little thing you're giving me? Well, and then, you know, those we don't bother sending. But if it's big enough to have its own zip code, I like to say, then, uh, yeah, we'll go ahead and send it to the pathologist. They look under the microscope and tell us, yeah, it's a seborrheic keratosis. Those things heal in about three or four or five days, leave a little red mark for a couple weeks. I often will do... 20, 30, 40, 50. I've done hundreds on people in one session. We'll do the head, the scalp, the face, the neck, the back, the chest, anywhere that's sun exposed, that's where you're going to get the seborrheic keratosis. And if you're 50, then you probably have one on your body. And if you're 70, if you tell me you don't have one on your body, then you're probably lying because uh, almost everybody gets a seborrheic keratosis or a lot of them. So seborrheic keratosis is very, very common. Then we have moles, different from a seborrheic keratosis. Moles are actually tumors of the pigment-producing cells. And they're benign tumors. It's, they're not cancers at all, although they can develop into melanomas in a rare instance. The vast majority of moles never will develop into melanomas. On the other hand, if you've got something called a blue mole, a blue nevus, like the one I took off Jimmy Fallon's hand on that famous Dr. Oz show. Remember that? That's a great show if you haven't watched it. I took off a blue nevus on Jimmy Fallon's uh, hand, and that has a 3%, 3% chance of becoming a melanoma. That's what a blue nevus is. So if you have a blue nevus, and I told Jimmy a year before he let me take it off, I said, you need to have this thing taken off. So he promptly came a year later <laughs> and had the thing taken off live on the air. That was something. Uh, so a blue nevus is an exception, but the average mole has a, a very unlikely chance of becoming a melanoma. But if that mole is greater than 6 millimeters in diameter, like I said before, the diameter of a pencil eraser, or if it's got more than one color, or an irregular border, or certainly if it bleeds, or simply looks funny, you know, and, and funny-looking moles, I mean, you know what I'm talking about. They just look odd. Bring them to the attention of your dermatologist or plastic surgeon if you don't have either, if you live out in the uh, places that do not have those specialists, and I know people are listening all over the country, then go to your family doctor because a family doctor should be able to uh, at least properly diagnose. And while the uh, removal might not look as good as a plastic surgeon, uh, the main thing is get these things off. Get them off. A plastic surgeon can always make it look better. And what's the difference between getting a mole off by me as a plastic surgeon and uh, a family doctor? Heaven, I'm sorry, I shouldn't say heaven forbid. They're very good, and a lot of them do a good job, but they're not plastic surgeons. Uh, plastic surgeons will orient the incision in the correct direction so that it looks the best. They'll lift the skin up, take the tension off the skin, close the incision, close the wound in more than one layer. Often the skin will be closed with Dermabond or some very, very fine stitches. Dermabond is a glue. And uh, that's how a plastic surgeon does it and gets a better result because that's what we do. We get a better result than the average physician. And, of course, I'm offending lots of physicians because I'm sure there are probably some cardiologists that do an incredible job at this and dermatologists that do an incredible job. 
But we're talking about the average person and the training of a plastic surgeon versus uh, someone else. Well, I'm board-certified plastic surgeon, Dr. Arthur Perry. The show is almost coming to a close. I want you to go to perryplasticsurgery.com. That's my website for more information about me and my office in New Jersey, no longer in New York. Say goodbye to New York, but we are opening up in Beverly Hills. It's the local suburb of New Jersey, and I'll be out there about half the time starting a month or two. I need the sun. I need the sun, but we'll be back and forth, and no, I'm not closing my office out here. I am one of the people that actually likes New Jersey. Can I say love? I don't know, but I like it. So uh, certainly uh, we'll be in both places. PerryPlasticSurgery.com is the website. If you're interested in the products, it's Dr. Perry's. That's D-R-P-E-R-R-Y-S.com. And we've got that special for daytime, $10 a bottle. You cannot beat that. Buy your Christmas presents now. Noah, I want to thank you for great engineering and your questions off the air that stimulate all sorts of discussion. I've been working with Noah for 16 years, a great engineer. Thanks so much, and we'll see everybody next week at 6 o'clock. Bye-bye now.